Episode 78, How to Say You're Sorry. You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. Welcome to The Game Changers, the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. I'm your host, Dale Dixon. Jason Jennings, great to be with you. Dale, it's great to be back with you. So uh, we're, we're going to dive right in today because I'm, I'm loving this topic. It's very pertinent to something that I'm going through right now. So somebody released some information that I'm going to just say cast me in a not-so-positive light. And I reached out to the person directly and released this information to about 200 people. And so um, I reached out to the person directly and very clearly and non-emotionally stated the facts. Got an email back. You're right. I misspoke. As of the recording of this podcast. And I have followed up and asked, how are you going to correct the misinformation with the 200 people? haven't received anything back. I hear crickets. So I'm kind of curious to dive in today. And especially in light of the fact that we're in a political season and politicians make mistakes and sometimes we get the most egregious apologies uh, <laughs> from politicians. Uh, yes, we do. All the content today uh, comes uh, from my book, The High Speed Company, How to Create Cultures of Urgency and Growth. And while we were researching that book, one of the stories we came across, I mean, the story was larger than life, concerns uh, the yoga wear company, uh, very trendy and probably everybody knows the name, Lululemon. And uh, the CEO, Lululemon, uh, they began receiving tons of complaints about their yoga pants being too sheer. And uh, Lululemon's co-founder and chairman, Chip Wilson, uh, said the reason that the pants were too sheer was because they don't work for certain women's bodies. Yikes. Because what he was basically saying, he was heard by women everywhere, saying, you might be too fat to wear these pants. When he apologized for these comments, his apology was as tone-deaf as the original offense. He was speaking by video to the employees, not the customers, and he said, I'm sad for the repercussion of my actions. I take responsibility. I ask you to stay in the conversation that is above the fray. Now, that is not how you say you're sorry. He stepped out a few months. I mean, the guy actually lost his job. I mean, because of telling women they were too fat to wear Lululemon pants. But, you know, the damage had already been done. The stock took a nosedive and lost 44% of its value. You know, once in a while, notwithstanding how we try to do the right thing at all times, at some point we're going to offend, we're going to get a customer angry, we're going to disappoint them. And the question is, how do you handle that? What are the proper steps? And so we really did a deep dive on this subject uh, for the book, The High Speed Company. And there are, uh, I think there are a course of action of four points or four parts that I would like to point out to people. Here's what great leaders, here's what great companies do when you disappoint a customer, when you upset someone, when you disappoint them. Number one, first thing we discovered in studying great companies and great leaders is when you're ready to apologize, you use the A-team. You don't do what happened at Lululemon and ask people to stay in the conversation and stay above the fray and do it for you. The A-team are the people with stripes on their shoulders, and they are the people that have to do the apology. You've got to use the A-team. The person in charge, the person responsible, has to be the one doing the apology. 
You can't send it down someplace else within the organization. You you have to be involved. That's number one. So when, I want to clarify here. So you're talking about the person who is specifically responsible for the misdeed or just the leader? Well, the person responsible for the misdeed and the leader of the company. One of the stories I read about in the book is at fabled CoBank, the $100 billion bank based in Denver, which is just an outstanding example of an incredible company. Its leader, Bob Engel. And a couple of years ago, Bob learned that a couple of the people who were working in IT had been playing around and had actually gained access to the inner workings of a competitor's website. Well, it's not only that he wanted them to apologize, but as he said, I'm the guy in charge. I'm the guy responsible. And so he immediately issued an apology and said he was sorry to the competitor, notified the board of directors, took corrective action. Several people were let go. He reached out to the competitor and said, we're not obligated to do this, but we want to make a financial settlement to you. I mean, carried out grave misdeed. He went to the board of directors and he said, I want you to claw back some of my compensation. I'm the person in charge. I was not aware of this, but if I'm the person in charge, I have to be punished as well. So it's the person who commits the misdeed, but you've also got to get the people with the stripes involved. You have to involve the A-team. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Number two, and this was an interesting one to land on. You really have to listen. And most people are unwilling or unable to do this. You've got to say, now tell me what happened. Tell me how our actions damaged you. Tell me again. Please explain how you felt. Please tell me about the ramifications. You just can't say, I know we did something wrong and and we want to correct it. You have to let the person talk. And so I sold you something that didn't work out. Tell me about it. Please explain it to me. Tell me how you were damaged. Tell me how you were hurt. Tell me what it felt like. I mean, really let the person talk. That's number two. In these situations, it's very uncomfortable, especially for the person who needs to issue the apology. So there's a rush to get through it fast. And what I hear you say is we need to let this process breathe. And Let it breathe, yes. I mean, and you will learn a lot by listening to them. You will learn a lot by listening to them. I remember once early in my career when I still owned radio stations and we sold a a radio campaign to a car dealer and it didn't work. And so I had to go and see it. Not just the account executive or the salesperson. They went too, but I was there as the owner of the radio station. And I said, tell me what it felt like. Tell me what your expectations were. Tell me what happened. Tell me what didn't happen. I mean, what does this mean to you? I mean, you have to listen. And of course, it's uncomfortable, but... Every uncomfortable moment generally turns out to be a growth moment for all of us. And part of the listening is not being defensive through the process, but really listening. Just shut up. You know, for understanding. I, I mean, how many times do I use that phrase? Just shut up. Let somebody else talk. I mean, it's not all about you. And I mean, t- tell me what it felt like. I mean, tell me what happened. Tell me how it hurt. And that process is very cathartic for the person, the person who's offended. Yes, because very often, as they're telling the story... It doesn't turn out to be as bad as they originally thought it was. Step number three is don't jump to resolution. I mean, don't jump to the resolution. Because after you've heard them, or you think you've heard them, if you immediately say, well, let me tell you now what we're going to do to make it better, it's kind of like you've come in with some kind of a prepackaged program, I mean, to make the hurt go away. And so the best thing to say is, you know, I've heard you, and I feel everything that you've said. Give me a couple of days to figure out how we're going to make this right. I mean, you're just seen as a compassionate, thinking 
person. So don't go in with a pre-packaged resolution that's going to make the boo-boo go away. Is it fair to ask the person who is, who's been offended what they would like? I mean, uh, yes. I've used yes. that, off, that process often, and it seems to work yes. well. What would, uh, of, co- of course. What would so help John, through this process? Yeah. So, John, I have heard everything you have said. Let me ask you, uh, in your mind, what would make this right? We want to have an ongoing good relationship with you. What would make this right? But then once they have told you what would make it right, say, give me a day to figure this out. Give me a day to get back to you. Just don't jump on and accept whatever they say. Does that make sense? Absolutely. You might need to do a little better. And then finally, you really have to take heavy action. And that was one of the things that we found. Uh, I go back to my example about Cobank. Here were a few people, IT department, uh, they intended nothing malicious, but they accessed the inner workings of a competitor's website. Well, guess what happened? They had to go. They had to go. There was no rehabilitation. And so you have to take heavy action to make sure that this mistake, that this error, th- that caused somebody else disappointment, caused them to become angry, doesn't happen again. So there has to be some form of remedial action. You have to demonstrate that you're a person of action who's going to do what's necessary to make certain this doesn't happen again. And so basically, there are four simple steps, Dale. Number one, use the A-team. The big boss has got to be involved. They're the ones who wear the stripes. Second, you have to listen. And I mean really, really listen. Number three, just don't jump to a resolution or don't come up with some prepackaged thing that's going to make the boo-boo go away. And finally, you've got to take some heavy action to make certain it's not going to be repeated in the future. Let's spend just a moment talking about the speed of response. Yes. And the importance of not letting it sit. Well, uh, you know from your life, and I know from my life, that you don't want anything to fester. I mean, because it takes on a life of its own, and it becomes bigger the longer a problem festers and is not acknowledged and not addressed. And so you basically have to take, I mean, immediate action. Immediate action. The moment the leader learns of somebody else's disappointment, something didn't work, I mean, that you somehow angered someone else in business, you did something wrong, you need to take immediate action. I mean, John, I understand there's a problem. I'm all over it. I want to come out. I want to see you. Because the longer you leave John alone, the longer John is going to fester. It's going to become bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger in his or her mind. I think that's a great point you made face-to-face on the phone if if you can't do it face-to-face. But this is not the kind of thing you send a text message or an email to address. It needs to be more personalized than that. Of, of, Of course it does. And I'll go back to something I said a little while ago. Sometimes it's a little uncomfortable. But I think that's the mark of a real leader. Being able to uh, step to the pump and say, uh, look, I've got a job to do here, and I'm going to get it done the right way. And uh, the right way is to immediately reach out to the person the moment I know there's a problem, get together with them, listen to them, really listen to them. Don't jump to a resolution. you got to think about it a little bit. You're demonstrated as being a thoughtful person. And finally, you've got to take some heavy action so the problem is not replicated or repeated in the future. Mm. The book is The High Speed Company. If you want to dive more into this type of a topic, uh, definitely pick it up, and uh, it'll be a big help for you and uh, your growth as a leader. Any final words for us, Jason? 
yes. Uh, the final word would be we love to get reviews uh, in the iTunes store. I love to hear from people. I respond to uh, every single email I receive. At least I've been able to do so uh, thus far. Uh, my email address is jason at jason-jennings.com. Uh, some of the emails are just absolutely incredible uh, that I've received. I received one just last week uh, from someone who said, and in fact, not last week, just a couple of days ago, who said, uh, your episode Actually, I had to pull over on the side of the road. I had tears in my eyes, and I sat there for 10 minutes thinking about what you were talking about. Thank you, thank you, thank you. These are indispensable. Hmm. And uh, that's why we do this. Absolutely. So you can go to iTunes, leave a review while you're there. Please rate the podcast as well. We hope we have earned a five-star rating from you. And what that does, it just uh, drives the podcast up higher as uh, people visit iTunes looking for this type of information and uh, makes it more available. And so we want to make sure that as many people as possible have access to this great information. This is the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. The Game Changers, thanks so much. And we will see you again next week right here. You've been listening to The Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventor and visit his website at jason-jennings.com.